What's up, everybody? This is the Pearsall Bros Podcast. My name is Mark, and I'm with my brother, Pat. The Warriors' Draymond Green has been suspended indefinitely in the NBA, and we break that down from all angles. Week 15 in the NFL is here, and the playoff race is getting tight, with 13 teams in the league at 6-7 and seven or 7-6 seven and six records. Who emerges in the AFC? And maybe our Seahawks do have a fighting chance against the Eagles. Hope you guys enjoy it. What's up, everybody? This is the Pearsall Bros Podcast. It is December 13th. Uh, we are back after a couple-week hiatus. The college football season is ending, and as we were looking into topics to discuss on today's pod, you know, over the last couple of days, kind of kicking around a handful of ideas, what should we lead with, and then the news cycle sometimes just gives you a gift. And uh, today that gift is the news that happened to Draymond Green. For those of you who don't know, he plays uh, forward I guess power forward would be the, would be the most traditional position of four, but in today's positionless basketball, he really just is, plays anywhere between the three to the five for the Golden State Warriors. And today he was suspended indefinitely for his latest unsportsmanlike conduct uh, in last night's game. So if you're listening to this, the game I'm referring to would have been Wednesday night. The Warriors played the Suns, and Draymond Green struck Yusuf Nurkic in the face. So um, let's do just a little bit of, re- of history here. Part of the reason why he's suspended indefinitely is based on his repeat offenses. This isn't the first thing Draymond Green has done. He has a long history of... Inexcusable behavior, if uh, if I say so myself. From the beginning of last year through the first part of this early year, he's had four pretty glaring incidences where he's acted like a fool. And uh, it started last year in training camp when he punched his teammate in the face during practice and then nothing happened uh, in terms of like a suspension. And then... I believe it was in the playoffs against the Kings. He stepped on DeMontis Sabonis' chest after a rebound, claiming that he was trying to get out of the way, and Sabonis pulled on his leg and all these things. It was very uh, dramatized. Then earlier this year, he, after a little bit of a ruckus when the, the Warriors were playing the Minnesota Timberwolves, his teammate Clay Thompson and a player for the Timberwolves, I think it was Jaden McDaniels, that part doesn't matter, they got involved in like a little bit of a skirmish. So it had nothing to do with Draymond Green. Those two guys are um, frustrated at each other and kind of get into a little shoving match, grabbing each other's jerseys. Rudy Gobert, center for the Timberwolves, comes over to kind of break it up, does sort of like grab Clay Thompson, the Warriors player, Draymond Green's teammate, to sort of remove him. And as soon as that happens, Draymond Green goes full rear naked choke, essentially, and... <laughs> tries to choke out Rudy Gobert in the middle of the basketball court. And, like, you talk about things escalating quickly. He gets a five-game suspension for that act. And in last night's game, nothing happened uh, throughout the whole game. He's trying to be on his best behavior, according to himself. 
and in a random play, he's trying to receive an inbound pass, and Yusuf Nurkic is defending him, just playing defense, and when you watch the clip, Yusuf Nurkic is just playing defense, and Draymond Green feels him pull on his right hip a little bit, and Draymond Green's response to that was to do a 360 windmill with my arms like karate chop across the face. So you look at it, and you just think, what is going on? Immediately, Draymond Green pleads to the ref, he's pulling my hip, he's pulling my hip, and says just that in the post-game press conference. He says, I'm not going to apologize for what I did. I was trying to sell the call, and he, he did want to apologize for hitting Yusuf in the face because he claims he didn't mean to hit Yusuf in the face. Right. He just tried to, and th- those are Draymond's words, he's trying to sell the call, and when he does that, he waves his arms in the air. But for anyone who's ever played basketball, it, anybody's tried to sell a call or two, and the whole point of that is to really just just barely embellish something that happens. And this is, I just, when I heard that explanation, I thought, because when you first see the clip, you look, you just think like, oh, good Lord. He just like 360 punched him in the face, like over nothing. And you, you think like, hey, must, Yusuf Nurkic must have done something earlier in the game. Nope. Draymond Green says it itself. Like, ah, I was trying to sell the call. And you think, really? That? was why you spun around in 360 and hit a guy in the face? Yeah, well, we were watching, um, before we came on the air today, we watched a little clip of Charles Barkley on the Dan Patrick Show today. And Charles, I think, was right on the money where he said, uh, clearly Draymond's skills are diminishing. He's not the player that he used to be. And so he's, it's getting ugly. He has to do what he needs to do because he's, I mean, he's never been on an offensive powerhouse. He's always a defensive presence or even just an offensive presence. What did he say? His, his career points per game is like eight? Eight points, seven rebounds, five and a half assists. And I, I would completely agree with Charles Barkley, as I have a tendency to do. Charles is whatever he is, but he's a pretty straight shooter and... I think he's totally right. Draymond's skills are diminishing. He can't play basketballs, so now he just needs to kind of extra muscle guys around and hit him in the face. I mean, at what point does the team... I mean, so he's he's suspended indefinitely. Yeah. With an, a unique twist to that indefinite suspension is it's given out by... Joe Dumars. Who, for those of you who don't know, was a starting member of the Bad Boy Pistons. So Joe Dumars is no stranger to tough, hard basketball. But this act, I I would say, is the opposite of tough, hard basketball. Tough, hard basketball is, you know, boxing out, sort of fouling hard, but, you know, within the construct of the game you know striking a shooter's arm to not let him not give him an easy layup you know um so to agree with you i totally agree with charles barkley totally agree with his assessment but that doesn't excuse what he does oh absolutely not hundreds of players have gotten old and got to the end of their career and sort of done maybe i'm not gonna say a cheap shot but got uh 
yeah, had to do a few extracurricular moments. But this was a 360 swing to the face. Like, it just it is so out of bounds of basketball. I, I absolutely lost some respect for Draymond Green today. And the, this, the mechanics of it, too, if someone pulls on your right hip, you're going to rotate to the right. And I was watching uh, a show, First Things First, and Chris Broussard br- brings this up. He's like, if someone pulls on your hip and let's say your arms and your elbows are up, you're going to rotate around. Maybe you catch someone accidentally with an elbow. Like that happens. You just didn't even see that he was like as close to behind you as you thought they were. Maybe that's the case. Draymond Green spins all the way around is looking at Yusuf and continuing to spin and bring his hand to strike him in the face. So I would say also Draymond Green is a poor athlete and doesn't have complete control of his own body. No, he's slow too. I mean, he's never been that fast, but he's not, and he's not getting any faster. He's slowing down. You, I would agree with you. He's he looks like he looks stiff. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know what that, what the, I mean, he just looks like old man YMCA basketball. Old guy. man YMCA basketball. It's going to be interesting to see how long he's actually suspended for. They say indefinitely. I mean, they threw this thing out there. Well, if he's suspended for fewer than twenty games, he'll lose one hundred and fifty three thousand nine hundred and forty one dollars. If he's suspended for more than twenty game a game, if yeah, he's, I was going to say per game, yeah, yeah. If he's suspended for more than twenty games, then it goes up to two hundred and two thousand nine hundred and twenty two dollars a game. I'm not really sure why that. Yeah, happened. why there? Why there's like a why there's a disparity? You would there. think that you take your yearly salary, you divide it by eighty two, and that's the amount you miss per yeah. game. Yeah, um, I mean, Steve Kerr says they need him. Says, oh yeah, we got to have Draymond. We got to have Draymond. I mean, if I was Mike Dunleavy Jr., the GM, and Steve, like, okay, we need to start seriously thinking about what does life after Draymond look like. I would be embarrassed. I would be a Golden State Warrior. Well, and not only not only that, but I mean, it's like he's not that good. He's not contributing to the team. I mean, we're looking at we were looking at the. I mean, the Warriors are. 10 and 13 right now. Yeah, I mean, he's a bad player on a losing team, and they're not what they are, and he's not... Draymond Green isn't the missing piece to help get them back into 500 basketball. No. So, I... Yeah, I mean, I was always the one... Or I, I was... My take on Draymond Green was good player, better than a role player, Certainly pivotal in those championship runs, but I always thought like he was a little bit overinflated. It because I, I I could argue those championships happen primarily because of Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. If somebody else was in that role and, Kevin and Durant. not yeah, and thank you and Kevin Durant, yeah, that's a very good point. If somebody else was in that role on that team, not Draymond Green, just another smart. A heady, defensive-oriented basketball player. I still think they win the same amount of championships. Absolutely, the nearest kind of corollary you can get there is probably somebody like Dennis Rodman. In terms of you got you got the Bulls who have all these scores, and Dennis's job is not to score. You go and play defense and get lots of rebounds. You know, disrupt yeah. the other team's offense. Yeah. And Annoy Carl Malone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he was exceptionally good at that. Yeah. And of course, a lot of baggage with. Um, 
Dennis Rodman, but he was really good. Yeah. You know, Draymond, I don't know. I'm picking Dennis Rodman over Draymond Green. Oh, all day long. Yeah. I'll take Dan, I'll take Dennis on mine because he got rebounds. I mean, how many, how many rebounds does Draymond Green? Uh, seven. Yeah, that's not. Dennis Rodman's a way better rebounder. Oh, yeah. Way better defender. Way and more a... mobile. He's faster. Yeah. He's all, all of those things. So, yeah, to, to Pat's point, I mean, he's, and I guess Charles Barkley's point, he's aging, and but this is his idea to try to sell calls in a in, a, in an aggressive like and if i was a, a man i i'd i'm just kind of speechless yeah yeah well no i mean i think it goes to show to what what kind of game ages well and what kind of game doesn't age well steph curry's going to be able to play basketball till he's 50 because he can shoot three pointers from like the half court line and he's got insane endurance. Exactly. But if if what you do is be fi- a physical presence, that that your body's going to fail yeah. on you and the young kids are going to come up behind you, they're just stronger, they're just faster and you know, after a while, you just can't get stronger anymore. And, and you slow down. It's just the nature of human beings, right? And so That's a really good point. And Draymond Green, he does that was part of his shtick was being a physical player. He's not a big person. He's six six two thirty. Like that's a small, you know, for NBA that's below average. I'm sure the average NBA player is probably six seven two forty. Right. I mean, and he's and you know he's intimidating or whatever. And he and it be, or he used to be anyway. I mean, I can appreciate that back in the back in the day a few years ago. It's like okay, Draymond's down there and he's disrupting and throwing elbows and doing all the stuff. And he's a little, a little faster than he was and all those other stuff. Now, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Also, the person you know who, who is so Joe Dumars provides, or I guess uh, makes the decision on the indefinite suspension. For those of you who don't know, he he has a role. He's not just announcing it. His job is executive vice president and head of basketball operations of um, the NBA. And the also sort of like unique twist here is Joe Dumars has a personal relationship with. Draymond Green. Uh, Draymond Green grew up in and around the Detroit Pistons locker room while Joe Dumars was working for the Pistons because one of Draymond's friends was like parents was associated with the team or something like that. So Joe has known Draymond Green almost his whole, like since he was 10 years old. So they absolutely, you know, have each other's personal contact information. I'm sure Joe told him, like, hey, man, like at this point, you know, it, there was no accidental basketball play about this move. It wasn't like, oh, you went up to take a shot and some guy's like chin was in the way and your arms got in there. I mean, it it was egregious. So it's getting harder and harder to defend. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I mean, and again, and since his skills are diminishing and all of those other things, it's just like, and it's a repeat. This is the sixth suspension he's had. Yeah, um, in his in the last eight years. And so, I don't know. It seems kind of crazy. How about this? How about we take a little break, and we'll head over and do some uh, NFL football. All right. All right. 
All right, everybody, we are back. Let's hit up some NFL football. We thought this week, instead of just kind of rehashing what happened last time, let's look at the playoff picture. It's really starting to emerge now. We're in week 15. It's very exciting in the AFC, um, and, and the NFC for that matter. As of now, the 49ers, the San Francisco 49ers, have actually clinched a playoff spot, which is pretty amazing. They are the only team in the NFL to have clinched a spot. Now, you have teams in the hunt in the NFC, like the Cowboys, probably going to get one. They're 10-3. and Eagles, probably going to get one. They're 10-3. and It gets a little murky after that. Lions, they're probably going to get one at 9-4. and But then you got things like, you know, the Buccaneers at 6-7. and The Vikings at 7-6. and The Vikings who beat the Raiders this week, 3-0. to Sorry, I'm not believing in it. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the Packers. Packers are 6-7. and I mean, it's... So clearly in the NFC, you've got the Niners, you've got the Cowboys, you've got the Eagles. Maybe on the back of that is the Lions, but then you got everybody else. It's a three-team race. It's a yeah. three-team race, and no offense to the Lions. I mean, I would love to see the Lions get in the playoffs and even get a win, maybe yeah. even two, um, for the first time in 42 years or whatever it's right. been. Right. And that, that would be cool. But, I mean, really, I, think, I don't think the Lions could beat the Niners, the Cowboys, and the Eagles to get to the Super Bowl, so sorry, Detroit. Maybe next year. Looking looking good. Yeah. They, unfortunately, are just kind of... It's one of those cases where I think for the Detroit Lions, they're just playing... They're, they're not playing their best the right time of year. Like, if the playoffs started October 1st, I would not have wanted to play Detroit. They were just humming. They were winning games. They were competitive. And they've just looked like they peaked and now all, for some are, are you know scuffling against... The, uh, average Green Bay Packers team and a bad Chicago Bears team L- last week. They lose, and it was like the, you thought moments like, oh, Detroit's going to come back, and then they don't. And then, oh, well, here they come again, and nope. Their defense just couldn't stop them, and offense has just been inconsistent. Yeah, and kind of on that tip, too, you know, I mean, a few weeks ago, it was all about the Eagles. And boy, yeah. nobody, nobody can beat the Eagles. The Eagles were 10-1, and one and they're rolling through all these teams and all that kind of stuff. Well, they've lost two games since then to both the Niners and the Cowboys, the teams that are really the teams to beat. And this is when you want to be playing your best football is in December. Right now, I'm going to say Niners. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's no part of the reason why the Niners have the clinched playoff spot is because nobody else in the NFC West is close because they actually have the same record as Dallas and Philly. All three of those teams are at 10 and three. Um, Of course, as tiebreakers go, San Francisco has them because they've beaten both those teams. I would agree. San Francisco's just playing the best. They're playing the most complimentary football. Their defense is elite and fast. Their offense just Every single play is positive. Like, they just never... It's like first down, they gain some yards. They convert on every third down, it feels like. You know, when they're in the red zone, they're scoring touchdowns. If they only get to the 40, they're making their field goals. Like It's just like everything they do is going right. And Philly, part of it is like, oh, Jalen Hurts, is is his knee really bothering him more than it was because their offense looks out of rhythm, out of sync, looks a little bit predictable. Their defense looks gettable over the last month. Their secondary has been just smoked, and people have been able to throw the ball on them with relative ease if you're trying to be a Super Bowl champ, which that has been the goal for Philadelphia. They've got time to right the ship, and they've played... 
the hardest part of their schedule. They've played the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Niners, and the Dallas Cowboys. So a bit of a murderer's row there in the NFL. Absolutely. Now, if you go to the other side of the coin on the AFC, things get a little bit more interesting. Nobody has clinched a playoff spot yet, which is really interesting. But you've got the Baltimore Ravens, the Miami Dolphins, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Cleveland Browns, the Steelers, and the Colts are all would would be heads the playoffs were to start today those would be the teams um and all of those teams are are decent you know you got the Steelers and the Colts at seven and six that's not bad now just to go back over to the NFC real fast currently in the NFC the fourth ranked team in the playoffs are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at six and seven so whatever <laughs> it's a silly rule where you have to give um a spot to a, con- a division champion excuse me and I'm not like totally against the division champion gets a spot in the playoffs rule. Like that's fine, but um, I don't think you should be able to host a playoff game. If I think at this point, like okay, if you win your division, you get in to the playoffs. However, if your record, then it just goes by record at that point. Mm -hmm. And so you know, best record, and of course tiebreakers matter at that point. But if you're six and seven, you're not the fourth seed. Or if you have a losing record, uh, then you're not a middle seed. You should go down to the seventh seed spot because of what your record is. That would be how I would adjust that if this was Mark Pearsall's NFL. Absolutely. Well, we're working on it. Um, you <laughs> yeah. know. Anyway, back over to the AFC. You know, Baltimore looks really good. They're they're currently the head of the AFC. I'm still. You know, Lamar Jackson has had late-season issues the last few years, uh-huh. so he's doing okay, but, I mean, we'll see what happens. And they won last week, but over it took a punt return in overtime to win against the 7-6 and six Rams, and while the Rams are good, they're not a top-five team in the NFL. So, you know, they barely beat the Rams. Miami still, you know, two-seed fun because they're the team that's on the in-season hard knocks if folks are if folks are enjoying that that's great if people should check that out if they've got max but they lost last week to the tennessee titans they were ahead by two touchdowns with three and a half minutes to play at home and they lose like that is kind of the same thing about uh detroit not playing your best ball no, and those those are the games that you really need to win. I mean, it's one thing, yeah. you know, you you could look at okay, looking at the Chiefs Bills as in the Chiefs probably should have won that game, arguably got ho I mean, you know, whatever, that's a whole other conversation which we can get into. But like it it to me, like the Bills are like always have the potential to be a good team, yeah. even though right now they're seven and six, which is which is which isn't bad, and they're definitely on the bubble of the playoffs for sure. And so it doesn't, you know, like I can believe the Buffalo Bills beating the Chiefs, yeah, but Chiefs probably should have won that game. Yeah, well, shoulda, coulda, woulda. I know that everybody's talking about the offsides call, and it's. I'm glad that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes have sort of walked back their complaints because while maybe it was the whole, like, you can't make that call at that time in the game, he was clearly offsides. No one can say, like, well, it was just, he was just like a toe. No, his whole foot was in the neutral zone. So, and 
and, and the, it doesn't matter. It's not. It's not. It's not. Well, if, if half of your foot is over the side, it's offside. No, it's if any of you correct. is over the line, correct. you're offside. Yeah. No, but I would agree. Like the Buffalo Bills are one of those sneaky teams. They're one of now. They're one of six teams in the AFC that have that seven and six record, so they could still get into the playoffs uh, based on how things shake out. The AFC is, it is gettable. It is anybody's game. Kansas City is has you know they're eight and five they haven't looked anything like the past three or four years of kansas city chiefs the jacksonville jaguars i don't trust them no i don't you i know, don't believe in them just because just because they they, they lack experience trevor wants a little beat up yeah took a bad uh he's got the high ankle sprain came back and played but i mean the cleveland browns have joe flacco at quarterback now oh boy and it's 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 fun story. He comes off like most literally off of the couch. Was unemployed up until like two weeks ago, and now jumps back in. It's just like, hey, look at me, zip zip zip, like zipping the ball over the place and winning games. Yeah. It's like he's making it look easy if you think of it in that terms. Because he, I assume, was still practicing and or training or staying in shape, but he just comes out of nowhere and jumps on in and is like, yeah, I run a few plays. Yeah, let me zip, zip, zip. And it's like, how are these backups who have been employed by these teams, practicing every week, been on these rosters since August 15th, how are these other backups like not able to do what Joe Flacco is able to do? I don't know. You know, it, 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 that's a good question. I mean, you know, granted, Joe Flacco's got a lot of experience and yeah. he's thrown a lot of footballs in his life, and there's something to be said for that. Super Bowl champ with the Ravens. Super Bowl champ with the Ravens. Now, I, but I don't believe in the Browns for this year. And you go down the yeah. thing, Steelers, you know, the Steelers have been good, but TJ Watts hurt. You know, he's in the concussion protocol and all that. Like, and Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback is not Ugh. enough. Not enough to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> or even, I, I think they are. A stock that is trending down, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would, I would uh, agree with you there. Technically, the Colts would get in the playoffs if it started today, but I don't believe in the Colts either. Yeah. Now that's it. Now it's interesting when you get the AFC. You look at the, uh, the the bubble of the AFC. You got teams like the Houston Texans, which I think they're too young, but they might get in there. Yeah. Um, you and got, you got the Bills, who I think are the most. They're technically not in the playoffs this year, but are probably the best team not. In the picture, right? Potentially the best team. Yes, you would. You would if if you erased all of the records, and and just put them in a in a line and said, pick the, the team that you think could test. win. Any, yeah, like you would. Buffalo Bills would be one of the teams you'd be like, they could beat anybody in the AFC. You wouldn't. I wouldn't say that about the Colts. I wouldn't say that about the Broncos. I wouldn't say about the about the Bengals now that they are without Joe Burrow. I wouldn't say that about the Steelers because and a lot of these teams they're in this uh, situation based on injuries. But welcome to professional football. Exactly. Well, let's make sure breaks your season. Speaking of injuries, you know uh, our duck Justin Herbert. He went down, broken finger. He's out. So sorry, Chargers. Maybe next year. Yeah, they weren't. They were five and eight anyway, so I don't know if they were really threatening to do much of anything anyway. But you know, they're definitely not going to get out there this season. They've they've fallen off. So yeah, it's going to be a fun, tight race for the remainder of the year. I know there's a handful of teams still technically mathematically involved. Yeah, there's only but two teams that are actually eliminated: the Carolina Panthers and the New England Patriots. Yeah, rumor came down that this is a uh, Belly's last year too. Yeah, and I think. Uh, 
you know, it's weird when people are like are defending. I think at least that people are just like ultimately defending Bill Belichick based on past performances. Like, do do Super Bowl wins in the twenty tens? How does how does success four years ago with a completely different roster? Yeah, like I, I would be willing to bet you that not a single person. From the twenty eleven whatever Super Bowl is well, on the team anymore. Not from you know what I'm but saying? Yes, like, but like, yeah. When they, I can't. I think their last Super Bowl is twenty seventeen. I think, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna wish for anybody to be fired. We're not rooting for Bill Belichick to lose his job. But at the same time, this job, uh, coaching in the NFL, is performance based, and three wins, three and ten, isn't gonna get it done. No, and who knows? Maybe he gets another job. Maybe I mean, it looks like the Carolina Panthers are going to be looking for a new coach. Yeah, they went. They they fired their coach already, and that seems like a whole new mess. And they traded their first round pick for this upcoming year for their quarterback Bryce Young, and that looks like a mistake. Uh, so that's a a huge mess. As we look to the games this weekend. You know, as we mentioned the playoff picture, there are some interesting games. The first game that jumps out at me, Steelers-Colts. Two teams technically both in the playoffs. Whoever, or if today, um, and if and if whoever wins that game, that that's a, that'll be a real watermark of a game. Yeah, because it'll be if you win. Okay, you know, not only do you go up. But that other team will go down, yeah, and yeah, get out of the picture, yeah. And it's a big, big swing game for sure. And this is the week where we start because college football is about to be in bowl season here. Um, they, ha- we of course have the Thursday night games, a bit of a dud. We got Chargers Raiders, but as Pat mentioned, because of Herbert's injury, Chargers season is no more. And the Raiders scored zero points last yes. week. Yeah. So, um, and what's the over under on that one? Like yeah. six? <laughs> it's believe it or not, it's thirty four. So. Uh, put your money on the under because I don't see how those two teams are going to combine for 34 points. I mean, you know how hard it is to score zero? You, seriously. Like, that's that, yeah. that's the offense Impressive. doing nothing Yeah, it very, for an entire game. It feels like a 13-10 type of game, which is only 23 points. So that's on that's Thursday night game. Um, but we get games on Saturday this week. And that's, that's the, right. And that's the Steelers-Colts game. So, yeah. Big game because it has the playoff implications. And then you get Denver also on Saturday. Now, different conferences, but the Broncos and the Lions. Both Broncos are on the bubble. They got to win to be able to get in. And Detroit to be able to maintain their seeding. And if they want to keep pace with the three-headed monster that is the Niners, the Cowboys and the Eagles in the NFC, they got to win. And Denver is now a hard get. It is no longer... The the team that gives up seventy points should Sean Payton be considered for NFL Coach of the Year? No, um, because it was so bad to start. I mean, now granted, he he has to this point righted the ship. Now, if the Broncos get in the playoffs and they get to the conference championship game or something like that, then maybe. Because they're, I believe, six and two in the last eight games. Yeah, it's amazing. They've they've definitely righted the ship, so to speak. But I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't. Know. Are they better than Chiefs? Are they better than the Dolphins? Are they better than the Bills? Even. I don't know. We'll see what happens. That's a good call. That's we'll see what happens. But got, it's compelling nonetheless. The oh, fact, the, the turnaround has been. Oh, it's very compelling. And it's fact considering that it, you know, two months ago we thought the Broncos were going to go like thirteen and three. 
Yeah. You know, so right. I mean, they've definitely, and, and Russell Wilson was like the greatest what happened to this guy of all time, but he seems like he's turning it around a little bit, or at least semi-riding the ship. Yeah. I mean, got a couple other big games this weekend, though. We got Cowboys-Bills. That's going to be a good game on Sunday. Stoked. Stoked Really, for really excited. And again, like, we talked about, like, Cowboys are sort of like studs of the NFC, and riding high so you might think that nah, game doesn't matter it absolutely matters i'm a big believer in the one seed i'm a big believer in home field advantage in the playoffs just ask the kansas city chiefs yeah they've had that patrick mahomes has never played a road playoff game like i don't think that's a secret and they've only lost one game during his tenure one playoff game and that was when joe burrow beat him and then ended up losing to the rams only so that's one game in december yeah, it's that's nuts. So, so I still believe home field advantage matters in football more than any other sport, more than basketball, certainly more than baseball. Uh, everybody proved the Rangers and the Diamondbacks proved that around this year. So, obviously, Bills need it. They're not in the playoffs, but like we said, I, you look at this game. We talked about like, could the Bills beat any team in the AFC? Sure. Could I see the Bills winning? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, they're in Buffalo. You know, Cowboys are used to playing in that stadium. It's gonna be in the cold. Dome, yeah. It's and Buffalo, I think, is you know, it's kind of hard to say who's more motivated. Buffalo's playing for their lives right now, yeah, and so they're they are incredibly motivated to win that game. Another, another cool game on Sunday night, we got Ravens visiting the Jags. The Ravens are probably going to win, but this is a big game, yes. This game matters, this and, for seeding in the AFC for sure. And while Ravens, you know, their record says to you and their seed the number one seed 10 and 3 their record says like they're probably an awesome team they're squeaking out these wins if they play a b game and jacksonville plays an a game i think jacksonville can beat them but you don't know what you're getting with the jaguars totally you'll see how trevor lawrence does then of course we do live in the northwest so if we take a look at next monday hey we got the philadelphia eagles visiting our seattle seahawks the Battle of the Birds. Oh, yeah. Ooh. You know, um, yeah, boy. <laughs> you know, Seattle didn't look great. <laughs> well, they pl- actually... They, they, I mean, they, so, okay. Talk I about mean, moral victories. They yeah. looked okay against San Francisco yeah, I last mean, if, week. If so, that's cool. <laughs> Yay they for only, moral victories. They only lost by 12. Yeah, they only lost by 12. And it's, since we're playing T-ball, that counts... Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> this is professional sports. I And, of course, the Eagles lost last week. I have a feeling, I mean, if they won by 40, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, is Geno Smith coming back this week? I'm not sure. I kind of like to see, you know, this is the difference between Drew Locke and Geno Smith. I think the net result is the same. But how they get there two different ways. Geno Smith is conservative with the football. He's going to take some sacks. He's not going to turn the ball over a whole lot, but he's also going to take almost zero risks, it feels like. Where Drew Locke, he is a two touchdowns, two interceptions, every game type of guy. He's going to make a few plays. Like He had this throw down the left side of the uh, field against DK Metcalf, which was sweet, that scored a touchdown against San Francisco last week. And he had some bad moments. And that's Drew Locke for you. He's going to take some risks. He's going to let it rip. And so it's kind of more entertaining a little bit. I mean, pick whatever version you, you like. I... Seahawks are getting Philly at the right time. You know, Philly has played, 
I guess there's a couple of different ways to look at that. Phillies just got dis, you know, they're talking about they had the hardest stretch of football. They played four really, really good teams. So they're not fresh by any stretch. They're tired. They've been traveling. They've been getting beat up by four real good teams. And now they have to travel from Philly all the way across to Seattle. If Seattle wants it, if Seattle plays their A game and Philly plays their B game, I think Seattle can win. Well, that's bold. I mean, I I think you're. I mean, maybe we'll see what happens. I I, I hate to say it because I love my Seattle Seahawks. Um, I would love to see them kind of make it competitive at the very least. I mean, and and you're right. I mean, Philly is tired. It's been a lot four tough a month of tough games yeah. in a row. Got to travel. All of those things. I would say that if Philly plays their C game, and if Seattle plays their A plus plus game they might be able to get to get something going go hawks we'll see what happens yeah i crazier things have happened crazier certainly crazier things have happened titans beating the dolphins last week i mentioned it earlier coming back from two touchdowns with three minutes left like that's crazier than the hawks that's almost freaky though that's like that's that's like a freak accident kind of win right there that's a good point you know i mean it's just like that's just like not a thing that happens yeah so so who knows i mean you know Anything could happen. It's the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so we are, as Pat mentioned, week 15. We're coming down to the nitty gritty here. Just a handful of weeks left. I can't believe Christmas is here in a week and a half. That is insane. We will uh, be back soon, but it was great chatting with everybody today. All right, everybody. Take care, and we will see you soon.